the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast Podcast. It's Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024, and this is the Steak for Breakfast Podcast, episode 308 and 309. Make sure to subscribe to the show. It's available across every downloadable podcasting platform. Find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Check out the Steak for Breakfast link tree. They'll take the show's Instagram, our latest Substack, and verified accounts on Twitter, Getter, and True Social. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year, and welcome to our two big Tuesday editions of the show today. I'm Roan. Noah's here. Yo. We've got a lot of breaking news. We'll read between the lines of all the New Year's messaging. The border is still on fire. What are House Republicans willing to do about it? We'll analyze the Dem attack, Donald Trump, and the Supreme Court throughout the New Year's holiday. We'll bring you the latest there, and it's going to be a big year for the Trump campaign. We'll get everything kicked off in the correct fashion. Great slate of guests coming in today. We'll be joined in our first show by Newsmax contributor Brian Leib and Arizona congressional candidate Abe Hamaday. In our second show, Trump attorney Jesse Benal will be joining us, as will North Carolina congressional candidate Pat Harrigan for the first time. But before we get into any of our interviews, let's jump right into the headlines and change the way you consume your news. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America. Steak. For breakfast. So stand by. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Ro Noah's here as well. Yo. Hope everybody had a very safe and happy new year. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. If you're a long-time listener, welcome back to America's fastest-growing political podcast. We're going to get the new year started off right here with a little New Year's messaging. Oh, you got any uh, New Year's messaging for our listenership jumping into the show right now? Keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Unless, of course, you're destroying the country by doing what you're doing. That's that's some pretty good messaging you got there. <laughs> no, I, I feel the exact same way. The mission should be no clearer than it's ever been before. And that is getting Donald Trump elected again in just 11 short months now. We're days away from the Iowa primary, and we've got a lot of news. Everything from counter-programming to debates and what's going on in the campaign trail that we're going to be looking at in the show today. Got a great lineup of guests. Political commentator Brian Leib, congressional candidates Abe Hamaday and Dan Harrigan are both going to be here as well. And we're going to be sitting down with Jesse Bernal today, so... It's going to be a big, big edition of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. And our first of two shows, remember, right after this one, there's going to be another all-new edition of the podcast. So keep them playing, keep them downloading. Jumping into this New Year's messaging now, getting the year kicked off right. Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Noah, did you see any of the videos that came out of this? Not yet, no. So Vanilla Ice performed. What? So much so that there was the... Ninja Turtles accompanying him. Michelangelo with the animatronic face was there to uh, bust off the Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go from <laughs> Ninja Turtles too. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and and it would seem to be a pretty big event down at Mar-a-Lago. Lots of people there. Melania Trump was not in attendance, and, and Donald Trump alludes to that a little bit why. Let's hear well, the She messaging. probably doesn't like Ninja Turtles. Well, you know, she does have an ailing parent. Donald Trump covered that a little bit as the preamble of his New Year's messaging before he gets into the Making America Great Again. Let's check it out. Thank you, Mr. Lee Greenwood. Who would know? But I want to thank you very much. I want to thank everybody for being here. This is going to be an amazing year. I feel that. I think we'll turn our country around. I think it's going to happen faster than people understand. 
make sure we secure the vote. We're to make sure we secure the vote, and we'll do that. But I just want to thank everybody. Very special group of people. Uh, Melania, great first lady, so popular. The people love her. Mother, her mother, Amalia is very ill, uh, but uh, hopefully she'll be recovering. But she's been very ill, so uh, I just want to say uh, hello to the first lady we just spoke, and uh, down in Miami, and a great hospital. And hopefully uh, that'll be okay. But it's a, it's a tough one, it's a very tough one. So she sends her love to everybody, and she knows probably about 95% of the people in the world. as quickly as possible. Uh, also, just uh, we look at Mar-a-Lago, most of you are members, a couple of you snuck out. They're scalping tickets out, so you believe it? They're getting $10,000 a ticket. If my members, I know my members are rich, but they're cheap as hell, you know? If they, if they knew they got $10,000, they'd be out of here in two seconds, right? They're scalping tickets. I see people, I've never seen these people before, I tell you what. But I do, I know most of the people in this room and you're fantastic people and we are again, we're going to have a fantastic year, we're going to have a great year, our country has gone to hell and we're going to turn it around, we're going to turn it around pretty quickly. So, we go to Iowa, we have the caucus, the great Iowa caucus, I kept that first, first in the nation that's been there for a long time, the Democrats are going to move it back in the pack. And I think they remember that in Iowa, but the caucus starts in two weeks, just about two weeks from now. And uh, here we go, here we go. We have to win it a third time. We're we'll winning. We're we'll going to win it a third time. So again, have a great new year. My children are all here. They're in the back. There's one that happens to be skiing. I gave her a little. I said, go ahead, darling. Go skiing. Enjoy yourself. Just don't fall, please. Don't hurt yourself. But uh, my children are here. They're all here. And I just want to thank everybody. We're going to have a great 2024. We're going to make America great again. We will make America great again. Thank you. We love you all. Have a great time. Have a great new year. Thank you. Very well attended event, as you can hear, Noah. Yeah. Lots of people were excited to see Donald Trump commingling amongst the party goers. Apparently, it just sounded like a really good time. So, you know, it, it's one of those things when you talk about messaging, and there's going to be a lot of it heading into the new year, you have to be very cautious. Okay, there are a lot of people with skin in this game who are supposedly of the America First movement who have a lot of skin invested in Donald Trump. Donald Trump's positioning for them right now is probably the most equitable. The number one candidate on the planet running for the number one office in the galaxy and looking as strong or stronger than he ever has before. But you also have to think of the alternative. Donald Trump doesn't turn out to be as lucrative for a lot of these people, especially newcomers to the America First movement. If he gets back into the White House, your guest lists on a lot of these programs will narrow as acting administration officials, department and agency heads, cabinet members normally don't go around and do some of the outer rim of media, if you know what I'm talking about. In addition to that, you know, subscriptions can only go so far. Wait, outer rim? Is that us? No. 
we're, we're in the inside of the outer oh, rim. Oh, perfect. Yeah, General Grievous doesn't live on our planet. But, you know, the thing is, is that at some point you have to realize people who have built a brand and, and have that band br- built around money, uh, this is an extremely lucrative game at this point for them. And there is another side to the coin. You just have to watch out for the messaging. You have to watch out that people are shooting it straight. Um, it's not necessarily all about rallying the troops, ramparts, etc. It's not about doing things in uh, a biblical fashion. And I'm not talking about studying your Bible and going to church. I'm talking about using rhetoric that frames it around being biblical. That's kind of silly and sometimes. Etc. And, and take into account what the number one goal of 2024 should be. If it's not, unchallengedly, Donald Trump wins the White House next November. You have to start questioning people's motives. And that's all I'm saying. Here you're going to get it shot straight. You're going to get it shot accurately. Now you're getting it shot four times a week, so you're welcome. Mm. And I just want to remind everybody, we put out a brand new stake for Substack yesterday. If you haven't subscribed to it yet, just go to any of our social media accounts or to any place you download our podcasts and look in some of the links down below. You can find our Substack. It's basically a blueprint on how Steak for Breakfast continues to win in 2024 as well. It's pretty easy. We're non-monetized, so everything's free. All you need to do is follow the podcast and continue to share the content, in which case your voice will continue to get amplified here on the show, and we will continue to do all the great things we've done up to this point as well. Keeping it in the New Year's messaging, I'm going to apologize to Noah beforehand. Joe Biden came on via video. Mm. On Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. Wow. Hosted by Ryan Seacrest now. Wow. They devolved right back into the, first of all, CNN let Anderson Cooper get drunk. And as soon as the ball dropped at midnight. He got drunk again? The first couple shots they showed was, one was a man with a trans woman. And then the next shot was like two men making out as the confetti began to fall in Times Square. All of that wholesome children-centered programming that they like to show on those channels. So Mm -hmm. you're saying that their special VIP area was full of interesting people? Yeah, to say the least. Speaking of interesting, let's see how many times Joe Biden malfunctioned during his New Year's Eve messaging. Let's check it out. You look back and reflect on 2023. What sort of, of memories, highlights stand out for you? Well, one of the big highlights stands out for me is my dad used to have an expression. He'd say, Joey, a job's about a lot more than the paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. So many people through the Midwest and in and, and the center of the country, their, their factories are shipped overseas the last couple of times out, and, and they were losing hope and faith. So we brought a lot of jobs back to the United States. People are in a position to be able to make a living now. And uh, they've created a lot of jobs, over 14 million. The working man's and, uh, a tough guy. Your I guess father's I'm, a tough I, guy. I just feel good that the American people got up. They've been through a rough time with pandemic, but now we're coming back. They're back. They're back. <laughs> no, they're back. You also alluded to eating lots and lots of spaghetti and even more chicken parmesan while vacationing down in St. Croix with Hunter Biden and the rest of his family. Everybody loves a good chicken parmesan, don't you think, Noah? I'd fuck up some chicken parmesan right now. You say it all the time. Jill Biden also looked ravishing. How's this? <laughs> she looked like she was wearing a... Uh, are, 
shower I, curtain. I'd fuck me. <laughs> That's exactly what she <laughs> It was bad. And they're bad. You know, it was pretty funny. Ahead of Joe Biden's New Year's messaging and in between the Christmas and New Year holiday, the White House put out a little bit of a Biden administration fact sheet, we can call it. Oh, good facts from this this administration. I can't wait. Talking about lots and lots of their accomplishments that were made along the way. Oh, right. Perfect. Long list. Who I does, bet. Who doesn't love accomplishments? And you know, Kareem Jean-Pierre. How many bullet points do they have? Hmm. We're going to be touching on the border in our next new segment on this first Tuesday edition of the Steak of Breakfast podcast in just a bit. First of the year. Hmm. First two new episodes of the year. Well, but this is the first one of the I stand corrected. (laughs) Karine Jean-Pierre was on the news as recently as this morning talking about how there's nothing unusual or abnormal historically going on. Really? Down at the U.S. southern border. Really? It's it's not, what, historic? And she she literally said it's not the things that she always says? It's neither stunning nor brave. (laughs) Historic and... Transparent. Transparent. Well, yeah, actually, the border is looking a little transparent right now. There's like eight of these, so don't garrison me for every one of them. 2023 major accomplishments of the Biden-Harris administration. This is an official post that was put out by the White House official account. They tackled inflation and lowered costs. Really? They tackled the climate crisis, but provide no evidence of how they did that. (laughs) I mean, tackled means that they took it down and... This one's even vaguer. Beat it into submission. They invested in America and created good jobs. Now they didn't talk about creating the most jobs in the history of the galaxy because they're tired of getting community noted on X. Good jobs. They protected access to reproductive health, uh-huh. whatever that means. They made America safer. Again? From gun violence. Oh, really? Murders in our bluest cities are at all-time highs across the board. I mean, you can say that to your blue in the face. They made education more affordable. This is probably the vaguest one. For migrants? They strengthened democracy, both at home and abroad. Strengthened democracy. Did you see how bad Kiev is getting lit up with missiles over the last... That one I did see, yeah. <laughs> I actually put, quote tweeted one of the posts on, on X last night when it said a, a missile had achieved a direct hit on a Tesla dealership in Ukraine. I said this is the moment where... Oh my he, gosh, you know how long it's going to take to put that out? It was quite an explosion. Elon Musk, this is his moment right here where he drops the nobody steps on a church in my hometown. (laughs) And the last one is confirmed highly qualified judges. Remember, Ketanji Brown Jackson still doesn't know the... Highly radicalized judges? Yeah, biological definition of of the difference between a man and a woman. Uh, I'm I'm not a biologist. Tony Blinken, back from his failed, well... Probably not as failed as you would think. They're looking for amnesty, and that's what Mexico was pushing as well. Trip down to Mexico City with DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Had an end-of-the-year messaging from the State Department as well. Apologies beforehand. Let's listen. When uh, President Biden took office, he promised to deliver for the American people by reinvesting in America's greatest sources of strength. And since day one, that's exactly what we've done. We've done it here at home by making historic investments in our competitiveness, in our military, in our infrastructure, in our technology, in our manufacturing base. We've also done it around the world, revitalizing and re-energizing our unmatched network of alliances and partnerships. 
In 2023, we continue to show that this strategy is working. In a year of profound tests, the world looked to the United States to lead, and that's just what we did. It was also a year when our friends and partners took significant, at times Sons even unprecedented, steps to share with us the responsibility of leadership. So they're going to say their accounting numbers. As we head into 2024, we will continue to stand shoulder to shoulder with those who share our vision for a free, open, prosperous, and secure world. Open because border? that's what delivering for the American people demands. Because you know the Biden administration surely delivers. Delivering for the American people. They're actually saying that right now. That's amazing. You can see where the premise of those White House accomplishments came from as well. Yeah. Sounds like he's got a little uh, bug in his throat there. Mm. I like it. He's got that little thing that's going around. A cold. That's what it is. It was definitely it's a cold. Definitely McGregoring, to say the least. Guys, wherever you're listening to the show today, welcome. And as we kick off the new year, we want to remind you, one of the biggest ways you can help support the Stake for Records podcast is when you download the show to your electronic device. That's by subscribing to us on every podcasting platform that you could listen to us. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, namely Apple and Spotify as the big ones there. And then on social media, check us out on Twitter, get our true social and Instagram, find our accounts, follow them, hit the notification bell. I want to remind everybody what we kind of let in here with the New Year's messaging. There are going to be a lot of people who were working as close with Donald Trump as you could possibly have been in the first administration, maybe beforehand during the campaign or even afterwards in his quest to retake the White House next year. Some of the real sparkling examples of that are the Hooers that went around this week. The Hooers? Yeah. On This Week in Fake News, ABC's weekend show. And promoting how a second Donald Trump term will essentially be the end of the republic. These winners, Alyssa Farah and all of her friends, sat down for a three-on-one interview with ABC News. To talk about this narrative, I want to remind everybody that Alyssa Farah went from working directly with the president to joining The View mm. and putting out a book in her post-White House life. Let's jump into this so we can chat about it. Fundamentally, a second Trump term could mean the end of American democracy as we know it. And I, I don't say that lightly. <laughs> we all witnessed him trying to steal a democratic election before and going to historic and unconstitutional lengths to do so. Um, and... And that just shows that he's willing to basically break every barrier to get into power and to stay into power. But also, um, I'm very concerned what, about what the term would actually look like. Oh God. We don't need to speculate what a second Trump uh, term would look like because we already saw it play out. To this day, he still doubles down on the fact that he thinks that the election was stolen and fraudulent. I can almost and smell the cat And his rhetoric the has just screen. gotten increasingly yeah. erratic. I mean, he has literally called for things like doing away with parts of the Constitution, wanting to weaponize the DOJ to enact revenge on his political enemies. Wait, what? The fact that he feels that he needs to lean into being a dictator alone shows that he is a weak and feeble man yeah. who has no sense of character and integrity and has no sense of leadership. <laughs> I love it when they bring out the weaponizing the DOJ to go after his political opponents. It's the projection thing that they always do. And in the order you heard him right there, that was former White House Communications Director Alyssa Farah, formerly of the Communications Office, currently of The View, former White House Deputy Press Secretary Sarah Matthews, 
and former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson. I believe she's the one that said Donald Trump tried to sergeant slaughter two <laughs> Secret Service agents in the Beast. Oh, that's right, when he nunchucked them. And- en route to not the Capitol on January 6th. Judo chop. You know, it's it, it, it's... We're going to see a lot of this. And you know what? It won't be as blatant and out there as these scumbags. It, it'll be a little bit more. There was a good one. And this is where you get the receipts from, Noah. I, I showed you some of the blocks we, we got this weekend here on Steak for Breakfast. Thomas Massey, I, I think that's a pretty good feather in the hat. Mm-hmm. What is he, What do you think he is, like Charmin Soft? Ooh, yeah. You know, he's out there posting Ron DeSantis this, Ron DeSantis that. So all I did was quote tweet one of... Representative Massey's posts to where all his little minions come in there and it's like, damn, blah, 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 blah. All I did was say, listen, for a congressman who's so fucking obsessed with numbers and wears his little national debt pin, you think at some point he'd be able to read a poll and understand the math. Boom blocked. Mm. Chip Roy, you're next. But there was another one. I think this guy's name is, uh, what is it? Former FBI whistleblower. Kyle Serafin. He puts like MAGA curious posts out there. Like, okay, I don't like Donald Trump's take on this, but I'm still voting for him. We can't have that anymore. And it's not like you're trying to get people to think in a different way. It's like when these people are garnering a large following off of Donald Trump's coattails, monetizing that following, the next step is influencer. The term influencer, I think, is thrown out. It influences the mind. So I went out there, and there was a post that Donald Trump put out. We'll jump into it real quick. Trump saying he wants to build a new and spectacular building for the FBI is like a man watering the tree he will eventually hang himself from. I saw that one. So I quote tweeted and said, stop pushing Trump-related content as a never-Trump douchebag. He asked me, who's a never-Trump douchebag? So I went and found a good gif. It was the one at the end of the first new Planet of the Apes where Caesar hugs his master at the end and whispers in his ear. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote as the caption, it's you. (laughs) Then I was blocked. But it's like, what what do you want from... We have to be able to call it out. We have to be able to stop these people. And Donald Trump's post about the FBI building essentially says, we don't need to get into it too much. We can't build the FBI a brand new beautiful building outside of Washington, D.C. and reward them for all the bad work that they've done. We need to build them a brand new building right in the middle of the toilet bowl that they've created in Washington, D.C. so they essentially can stay there until they clean up the absolute disaster that they've allowed our nation's capital to spiral down into. You have to have above three digits in your IQ to be able to understand Donald Trump sometimes when he puts out these posts. But it's not like he's going to go out there naming names when it comes to the FBI. Remember, I do like to remind our listenership of this. Donald Trump is a January 6th defendant and, you know, has to kind of walk a fine line when he's posting. He usually doesn't, but but in some cases he does. As we're getting ready to wrap now and jump in with Brian Lime, we can't let these gals from The View and Friends just walk away scot-free. We have great fighters and former communication office staffers from the Trump administration on our team as well. She's also a former congressional candidate. She's currently the f- official spokeswoman for MAGA War Room, Inc. And a great friend on the show who will be back on with us in just 10 days. Caroline Levitt went to Newsmax yesterday 
to tackle the narrative that some of her former co-workers were proprieting out there over the weekend. Let's hear one of our favorite firebrands. So, Caroline, I'll start with you. Would a second Trump term really mean the end of American democracy? And why is the former president's former communications director saying this? Call them whoers. Well, these are three women who, and as a matter of fact, are my three former White House colleagues <laughs> who went from Trump supporters to Trump haters very quickly because they learned that's the fastest way to get your face on television and sell crappy books these days. Mm. Here's the deal. All three of these women were very complimentary of President Trump when they worked for him. Alyssa Farah said President Trump was a remarkable man. Sarah Matthews said it was the greatest honor of her lifetime to work in the Trump White House. And Cassidy Hutchinson sold a book full of falsehoods that have been debunked by numerous witnesses and credible people. And, you know, I think it's the most pitiful statement of all when they said that Donald Trump poses a greater threat to democracy than Joe Biden, who is literally allowing a mass invasion of illegal people into our country, whose weakness on the world stage is marching us towards World War III, and who is literally using our government institutions to target his political opposition the the hallmark that is the hallmark of a dictatorship the truth is though real americans don't care what these three women have to say they care about how they feel and they feel the consequences of the biden administration and that's why president trump is going to win the republican nomination in just a few short weeks Mm. love to hear it yeah here's the thing and again it's a reminder both from inside and out you're gonna hear a lot of different narratives over the course of the last 11 months before we go to the ballot box here in November. Do yourself a favor. Learn some discernment, have a filter, and don't always be emotional when finding where you find and consume your news at, how you consume it. And then again, the biggest thing, it it comes with a lot of these influencers out there. They just want you to regurgitate their content or their narrative. Sometimes nothing can be more harmful to the cause than that. So, so we really have to learn how to be able to control our emotions and work laser-focusedly here over the course of the next year because everything's at stake. And so many people are going to come out and try and detract from all the great work that Donald Trump's doing right now. As far as the Republican primary goes, he's unstoppable. He's also set him up with a little bit of counter-programming that we're going to be talking about in our next edition of the show. We're going to be talking about the disaster on the U.S. southern border when we come back from sitting down with Brian Lai. But before we jump in with him, let's hear from one of our partners. It's an unpleasant truth that 42% of Americans are obese and 79% of Americans are overweight. That's practically one in every two Americans living day to day with every minute counting down to the end of an unhealthy existence. It's time to change that and make Americans healthy again. You've probably heard about weight loss injections that can help you get back into that right mindset and help curb those cravings so you can focus on what's really important. New Hope Wellness has changed thousands of lives and maybe it can change yours too. They are American family owned and operated with the goal of saving lives. With convenient telehealth options, you can speak to a licensed professional from the comfort of your own home, and all products are delivered discreetly to your front door. Visit newhopewellness.com forward slash state and start your journey to a better you. That's newhopewellness.com forward slash state to get your free consultation and 100 bucks off your first order. 1-800-527-2150. Make America healthy again. All right, joining us next on the show today, this big Tuesday edition of the Steak for Breakfast podcast, he's the founder of Henry Public relations. He's also a major contributor over at Newsmax. Does a little bit of the same here on Steak for Breakfast. Mr. Brian Live, Happy New Year. Welcome back to the show. Happy New Year, guys. Good to be on with you. Well, we just finished up our opening segment of the year talking about New Year's messaging. We heard everything from what Donald Trump had to say down at Mar-a-Lago 
on New Year's Eve, Joe Biden's weird messaging on Dick Clark's show with Ryan Seacrest. We heard from Tony Blinken at the State Department and uh, some of the gals over at The View who said that Donald Trump's impending second term would be the end of the republic as we know it. The big there there, Brian, that we're talking about now is you're going to hear a lot of stuff, both from the right and the left, and directions they want to pull you in heading into this election year. The only goal of this entire campaign season that we're heading into right now should be to retain power in the House, win the Senate, get Donald Trump reelected to the White House, and that's where the story should end. A lot of narrative outside of that is only going to kind of be news fodder and fillers in a lot of situations. I mean, obviously, there's geopolitical events going on that need coverage, stuff down on the U.S. southern border. But when you talk about issue one, it's it's Donald Trump and, and the you know chain of command underneath him that all needs to be won back and retained. What can you say to our listenership now? You've worked in public relations. You do a lot of the news, Brian. You see probably sit in a green room and listen to one person put out a narrative you go on a show, say something, and then hear the person after you say something different, and everybody wants you to hear their messaging. How important is it at this point right now, January 2nd, 2024, to get laser-focused in on what our goals need to be for this incoming year? Yeah, I think you said it exactly correctly. Uh, we, we all have to be you know, aligned with each other, and we need to be supporting uh, the the leader of our party, uh, someone that continues to, to rise in the polls, someone that continues to uh, attract more and more grassroots support throughout this country, uh, someone that is uh, picking up demographics uh, from the Latino community, the black community, young voters, people we never thought would actually come back to the Republican Party. And that person is Donald J. Trump. And, um, you know, he is the right man uh, for the right time. And, um, you know, we all have to be aligning behind him. And it's uh, it's painful, honestly, for me, you know, to watch Republicans tear each other apart um, and try and, you know, vie for uh, second place, third place, whatever it is. I mean, you know, the, Donald Trump is the, the runaway favorite, has been ever since he announced uh, last year or the year before, I should say. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Donald Trump, uh, really doing well in the Iowa caucus and, and with, uh, the primaries to follow. And I think probably by New Hampshire, uh, I hope I should say, uh, the vast majority of the Republican establishment, uh, will finally understand that, that president Donald Trump is our nominee. He's the best guy, the best chance that we have in winning the general election. And most importantly, as we've talked about on this program many times before, he is the the best man to really dial back the nonsense and the craziness that is happening in this country right now. Uh, and if we don't do that, as we've heard him say and many others say before, we're not really going to have a country any longer. So, uh, yeah, it's very important that that we all start to line behind Donald Trump. I know you guys have been supporting supporting DJT from day one as the Vi, and, um, uh, you know, we need to continue doing everything we can to help him. No, oh, it's really important, and, and it's great that you followed up on that messaging we had in our first news segment, Brian, because, you know, I've just seen a lot of it over the... People took that time from between, you know, the start of Hanukkah and Christmas season all the way up through the new year to kind of roll out like, okay, this is going to be a part of our brand for next year. This is going to be part of the messaging next year. And, and just a lot of it has much to do about nothing. Uh, you know, it's, it's things that they've got going on in their news outlets or their podcasts or their agencies or their books coming out and 
Yes, at the end of the day, everybody needs to earn a living, but at the same time, you, you really do have to focus on what the bigger picture is here. I think if you want to be in politics, if you want to dabble in America first as well or, or, or get neck deep in it like we do here on Steak for Breakfast, you know, it's just one of those things where it seems like regardless of what you have, long-term plans, you're going to have to make sacrifices this year. If, as far as I'm concerned, if those sacrifices go along with Donald Trump winning back the White House in November, then I'm 100% okay with it. I think no is as well, Brian. I think you're in the same demographic included. So moving on, we do have some breaking news today. We saw over the weekend there were reports that, you know, Israel might be pulling out some of their heavier equipment in Gaza, but at the same time continue on their operation to destroy the terrorist entity as Hamas, we know, and that comes off the back of the absolute atrocities that happened back on October 7th. You have some breaking news for our listenership that's hitting the wire right now. You want to give us a little bit of uh, insight onto that? Yeah, happy to. So as of uh, just about 20 minutes ago, uh, one of Hamas's deputy heads, uh, his name is Salah El Arari, uh, has been killed in Beirut, Lebanon, Mm. uh, in an Israeli drone strike. Um, And I think this is very powerful because there, listen, there are parts of Beirut and parts of Lebanon that are not controlled by Hezbollah, uh, but this part in particular is a Hezbollah stronghold. Um, so it's, it's, I think, very important, sends a very strong message that Israel is prepared to, to really do whatever has to be done to eliminate every single one of these terrorists. Uh, it's so interesting that none of these Hamas leaders, by the way, guys, are in Gaza right now. Correct. They're, whether they were in Qatar, now they're in Egypt, whether they're in Lebanon, you know, none of them are actually in the the land that they say they love so much yet they're sacrificing their people to die for every single day uh, but this is very powerful and, and a f- kind of funny funny kind of anecdotal note about this is the individual that uh, the israelis just eliminated actually had a five million dollar bounty on his head from the united states of america now as we have seen uh you know the u.s has done a lot to to help and support israel militarily they've also done some 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 other things like denying the israelis request for more apache helicopters uh slow rolling uh m16 uh, rifles ammunition things of that sort so i made a joke uh to, to a friend of mine i said listen i i think israel needs to say hey guys can can you give us $5 million worth of M16s instead of $5 million in cash? So I don't know. Well, listen, we'll see what happens. But um, this is a very big move for, for Israel. And, and as we got, as we know, I mean, deterrence is a major part uh, of, you know, dealing with bad actors and adversaries around the world. And if you don't have deterrence, then they're going to walk all over you. And I think Israel has now really shown shown the world and shown these bad actors time and time again that they they have the the means uh, to eliminate terrorists wherever they are and 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 whenever they pop up. So yeah, it's it's good news and it's uh it's interesting as well uh, for me. I mean, on the heels, I'm I'm flying out to Israel tomorrow. I'm going to be there for uh, a solidarity mission uh, actually with uh, I think a fellow uh, steak for for breakfast uh, uh, frequent guest Josh Hammer. We're both going to be in Israel together. And, um, you know, we're going to be there standing in solidarity with the people in the land of Israel. And really, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough mission uh, going to all the sites that the massacres happened. We're going into into hospitals and, and, and visiting with soldiers and families. So it's going to be a really tough, tough thing for, for us to see firsthand. But it has to be done. And 
And I, I think, you know, you've heard me say a lot on this program and throughout my life and career that, you know, I stand with the people in the land of Israel. A lot of people think I'm crazy for going into an active war zone right now. But um, I think now is the time, you know, for, for me to to go there. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be gone. Well, we wish you uh, the best of health and safety on that trip. Obviously, it's going Thank to you. be, I'm sure, eye-opening for you, even though you, you know, obviously, you know, Brian, you talk about it all the time. You You are of Jewish descent. You're a proud Jew. You've said it on the show before. Josh Hammer says the same thing. Yes, sir. Just the way that the country is <laughs> as as downward spiraled into uh, the reemergence of anti-Semitism. You know, I made a post over the weekend. I thought it was really sad to see pro-Palestinian movement that's been going on in the city streets all across America right now. We saw a big one on New Year's Eve that the the New York Police Department actually was able to stop from getting to Times Square. But when you just see it outside looking in, Brian. The same hateful rhetoric and sub-narrative that, you know, came and led up to the 9-11 attacks is happening worse right now in the city that unified essentially the world after the World Trade Centers fell. That's New York City. And it seems like Americans are just so preoccupied with everything else that's going on right now. We're almost willingly letting it slip back into the hands of the, these terrorists and this hateful rhetoric. And it's just really sad to see. You know, New York City, uh, they, they united the world on, on, on the heels of 9-11. And to see the same terrorist sympathizers and these organizations that support them with money marching in the streets of New York City and in and around where the World Trade Center is, it's just, it breaks my heart. And Rowan, it's not just marching in just any streets of New York City. I mean, they marched on the 9-11 memorial. Uh, and they sent a very strong message to to anyone that was watching you know, that they were quite literally dancing on the graves uh, of Americans, dancing on 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 the site where we lost thousands uh, of our of our men, women and children at the hands of radical Islam. So their masks are off at this point. I mean, we see them for who they are. Uh, they have a strong these protesters, whether they are American citizens or foreign nationals, they have a strong disdain for the United States of America uh, and we're seeing it on display, you know, all throughout this country, not just in New York. And, you know, the one thing that I really just can't really seem to understand is, you know, if if they are foreign nationals that are here in this country and you are protesting our country, chanting for the demise of our country, threatening violence against fellow Americans, you know, what are you still doing here? I mean, you know, it, it just just your visa should be revoked. You should be deported in 24 hours and we should live stream the entire thing like Hunger Games style, shaming these 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 idiots for what they're doing. Send them back to whatever country they came from. Listen, this is, you know, America is a melting pot. We all know that. And we all come from a lot of different races and religions and backgrounds. But but the, the fact that there's people that are here in this country as guests of our country yep. that are that are making all of us feel unsafe. I mean, they just shouldn't be here anymore. And, and, it, and it all comes down to political leadership, political, you know, chutzpah, uh, if, if I may. And unfortunately, there is none in the Democratic Party. Zero. Uh, all of this stuff is happening in Democratic cities. If this stuff was happening in a Republican stronghold in the South. How long do you think these protesters would, would, would be given? Not very much. That's why they okay. do <laughs> and, and And by the way, another thing, guys, every, I mean, listen, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm being a little too bold when I say this here, but I'm willing to bet that 
99.9% of these protesters, probably if you ask them how they vote, do you think they're telling you they vote Republican? Because I don't think so. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that the vast majority of these these uh these people protesting are supporters of the Democratic Party. True story. I think a lot of them don't even know really what's going on in world geopolitics and stuff like that, too. They're just literally just being spoon fed whatever their quote unquote party is telling them that they should do and going with the oppressor versus oppressed and all that kind of stuff just to to delineate everything in that in that manner. Great point, Noah. Yeah. Brian, Good last point. thing I want to touch with you on right now, we're going to be having a congressional candidate in here today. You, you obviously work very close with him. He's one of our great friends of the show. He's been one since the 2022 midterm election cycle. That's Abe Hamaday. You want to just give a little bit of uh, endorsement to our listenership on, on how important it is to get congressmen and women up on Capitol Hill next year that are America first and how Abe Hamaday is a sparkling example of that, to say the least. To say the least, uh, Abe is, is really a remarkable human being, uh, someone that has put his money where his mouth is and, and actually serving our country in the military. Uh, and as uh, you guys know, and, and, and the listeners know, he, he ran for attorney general uh, last year. He has never given up on the fight. Uh, and now he's running for Congress because he wants to be, will be a strong champion for the America First agenda. He will support Donald Trump's agenda. Uh, and he's just a fighter. I mean, he's just an all around fighter that loves this country with so much uh, of every fabric of his body. And man, if we had, you know, if we had, uh, you know, 10 Abe's in every state, uh, you know, we, we, we'd be in a much better place. But yeah, to anyone that's listening, I mean, get involved with Abe's campaign. You know, Abe's on the front lines in Arizona fighting every single day. He's been endorsed by Donald Trump. He's been endorsed by Rick Grinnell, uh, by a lot of other people in the America First uh, movement. And um, take a look at what he's doing and, and, and help support him. Uh, he's, he's, he's fighting today, and, and you better believe that when he gets into Congress, he's going to be fighting every single day there as well for the American people and to support uh, hopefully then uh, our, our president, Donald J. Trump. Absolutely fantastic, Brian, as is always. We're obviously going to be live linking the firm, whatever else you got in the show description today. And where can people find you on social media? Well, it depends what social media. There's so much in today's world, but uh, <laughs> just Google uh, Google Brian Live. Last name's L-E-I-B as in boy. And uh, guys, thanks for, for having me on. And here's to uh, Happy New Year and, and the 2024 where we take our country back. Uh, once and for all. No, this guy is uh, out there working. He's going to be doing a lot of work, apparently, on the ground in Israel over the next couple of weeks as well. This is the founder of the Henry Public Relations Firm, major news max contributor, and one of our great friends, Mr. Brian Leib. Thanks for coming back on the show. Have a great rest of the week and a safe trip. Thank you so much, guys. New customs and border protection data obtained by CBS News show that agency is on track to process more than 300,000 migrants, an all-time monthly high. That includes record numbers of families and children. Meanwhile, cities, states, and federal law enforcement report being overwhelmed as the ripple effects spread from border communities to all across the country. And that was kind of the state of the nation this weekend as they took a look into what the new year is going to be shaping up to be for life down on the U.S. southern border and beyond, as now it is affecting everyone everywhere. Outlook not so good. What do you mean? Magic 8-Ball? Shake it up. (laughs) (laughs) I do have those numbers right now. Just want to touch on this real quick. No, it's awesome catching up with Brian Live. That guy's always doing a ton of work. Yeah. 
He's now actively involved in the Abe Hamaday for Congress campaign. He's going to be making a trip himself as, as someone who's giving some uh, foreign policy commentary and, and stuff on Abe's campaign over to Israel this week with one of our great friends, Josh Hammer, to survey the situation on the ground. We wish them all the best, much like we do for the men and women who are serving down on the U.S. southern border. I do have some numbers here, Noah. It's going to stem off of what she said. That was before these numbers were released. This report's more current from this morning. CBP sources tell Fox News December finished with a staggering 302,000-plus migrant encounters, the highest single month ever recorded, and the first time ever hitting over 300,000. That includes nearly 250,000 Border Patrol apprehensions of illegal immigrants, also the highest ever for Border Patrol in one month ever. There have now been over 785,000 migrant encounters at the U.S. southern border since October 1st of 2023, the start of the government fiscal year, the highest first quarter ever recorded. That's a population bigger than the size of the city of Seattle coming across the border in just three months. Again, I'm going to reiterate this fact, and this was right before the show started today. Despite these records being shattered, White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre describes the situation at the border as nothing unusual. Nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing to see here. Mm -hmm. Just normal migration flows. Yeah, so when you have entire cities worth of people coming in, and I've already predicted that certain uh, groups of these people are going to actually take over parts sure. of, if not entire cities, it's going to happen. So one Seattle or nearing five Nebraskas now. Well, I mean, they can have Seattle. <laughs> Man, it's been an absolute disaster up there lately. You know, they played the uh, National Hockey League Winter Classic at, at Safeco Field yesterday. In Seattle, and I was actually surprised that they would bring a safe space field. Yeah, exactly. Such a, a largely televised event into that area where crime is just absolutely rampant. Well, I'm sure they did the Newsom treatment on the area before they had it happen. Good call. It was more of a boring game. I like when the Rangers are in it. They're my squad. There you go. Continuing on this narrative right now of what's going on in the U.S. southern border. I saw Stephen Miller sat down on Sunday for a little bit of what he would like to call shaping up what's going on in the U.S. southern border with Fox News. I did pull a clip from the interview. It's kind of a long one, but we'll get into the point where Miller addresses some of the absolute facts that are going down right now on the U.S. southern border. Let's check it out. Six more buses showed up. Does this put any additional pressure on Biden as we move into 2024 with so many Democratic mayors feeling the pinch and, and watching their city budgets be destroyed. Only if Republicans in Congress get sophisticated and determined very quickly. The chronic underreaction to the worst illegal immigration and the worst border crisis in the history of civilization. Nothing comes close. Nothing even mm-hmm. approaches it. The chronic underreaction is the biggest impediment to stopping the Biden-sponsored border invasion. The House should come back in January and vote on immigration every day and every night and nothing else. Issue by issue, criminal removals, catch and release, sanctuary cities, 
shutting down the Department of Justice attack on the state of Texas, shutting down the secret night flights, shutting down the buses, shutting down the funding, shutting down the funding to the NGOs, shutting down every single element of this crisis, restoring Remain in Mexico, restoring safe third agreements, restoring prosecutions of criminal entry, restoring Title 42 every day, every hour, if that's what it takes. It's not enough to say, oh, we voted on a border security bill a year ago. Congratulations. A year ago, you voted on a border security bill. I need the House to get in the game every single day, because every single day we are losing this country to a degree of illegal immigration yeah. that no civilization could possibly well, endure. Yeah. And- He's not lying there. Mm-mm, no. And you know, <laughs> the funny part, man, that was a lot of things he rung off there. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. For all of those people out there from the other side of the aisle who like to try and fact check that Joe Biden didn't try to completely erase all aspects of the Trump doctrine when it relates to border security on day one via executive order, those were all of the things that were erased day one. Via and we highlighted order. that multiple times where it was just out of spite. It was like, this shit's working. This shit actually is really keeping America safe. But just because he did it, we're going to just, you know. How dare you? Go full retard. I don't even think he touched on building the wall, which at this point would seem like, you know, does it even matter when you have 10 million people plus on the other side of it since Joe Biden took office? It's just really silly how we've kind of gotten in such a bad situation with this right now. And I don't think one thing that a lot of people focus on enough is the amount of people who have been encountered and or apprehended on the terror watch list, regardless of whether it's gang affiliation down in Latin America or international terrorism from Africa or the Middle East. Here's the deal. For all of the getaways that we've incurred, well over 2 million since Joe Biden took office, the repercussions we're going to reap from that are things like we probably have never seen before or, or have experienced in some of our darkest hours. And unfortunately, I'm talking about the attacks on the World Trade Center and things that were, you know, in and around the 9-11 attacks as well. No, do you think that's not talked about enough? Who could, like, when you talk about these legitimate getaways, obviously there's human traffickers that are just looking to get people who paid in fast. But when you don't want to get caught, the cartels are going to make sure you don't get caught. Yeah, they're they're going to direct you to the least staffed areas, which is everywhere right now, unfortunately. Or, I mean, if, if they happen to have, like, what, like a tunnel? There's a lot of tunnels at the border, apparently. Sure. A lot, of, a lot of tunnels can – tunnels are commonly anywhere between one and three football fields long as well and usually avoid detection for very long periods of time. Yeah, and you would you would assume that they're probably just taking really, really high-value people and or commodities, mm. commodities through. Yeah. This guy who made himself famous by saying he was going to be to the left of Beetlejuice when he ran for mayor up in Chicago. That's ridiculous. And after we saw so many flash mobs. I'm calling Chicago as one of the first cities to fall. Yeah ruining i mean if it hasn't already the consumer aspect of chicago in regards to saying that these kids come from compromised lifestyle and we shouldn't be mad at them when they run in neiman marcus and steal ten thousand dollars worth of clothes and run out the door it's amazing that that's still happening brandon johnson has followed eric adams now in going on the news nearly daily oh the you got what you wanted but now i'm mad about it to cry about it he jumped on the Sunday morning news circuit this week. Let's hear what he had to say. Uh, 
a question about what seems to have developed overnight. There are reports of a plane from Texas landing in <laughs> Chicago carrying more migrants that arrived around 1 a.m. I'm wondering if uh, Texas officials gave you any heads up. Who's on the plane? What happens next? Well, what we have is clearly, uh, clearly an international and federal crisis that local governments are being asked to subsidize. And this is unsustainable. Um, none of our local economies are um, positioned to be able to carry on such a mission. And what we have attempted to do um, is to create structure and some coordination around this, this humanitarian crisis. And unfortunately, uh, the governor of Abbott, the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, um, is determined to continue to sow seeds of chaos. And last night and in several nights before, um, a number of buses continue to arrive in the city of Chicago and throughout the country without any coordination. And now he's taken on um, this very dangerous task of placing individuals on airplanes and flying them into our various cities. Um, this is certainly a matter of, of not just of our national security, but it's the type of chaos that this governor is committed um, to, to, to administering. That was on CBS's Deface the Nation Sunday morning. Mm. Hey, Noah, isn't it pretty weird? Mr. Johnson there said that flying these migrants from the U.S. southern border up to places like Chicago could compromise our national security. Weird. But do you think Brandon Johnson has the same rhetoric to say about when these people actually cross the border and now they, they're in Texas? No, that doesn't count. Doesn't count, right? No. That's different. That's different. Did you hear about the new lawsuit that the Biden administration is now putting up against uh, Texas Attorney General, great friend of Steak for Breakfast, Ken Paxson, and Governor Greg Abbott down there? What they got? You're going to love this one. So Greg Abbott signed a bill. I, I don't know legally if this is workable but now they're saying that if texas local authorities encounter illegal migrants at the u.s southern border we're talking about texas police officers we're talking about dps not federal agents they can detain process and deport these people even though the encounter is coming on what most historically consider legally federal property so now the Biden administration has decided to sue Greg Abbott and Ken Paxton, <laughs> saying that they shouldn't be able to deport people from their country if they haven't been processed by federal authorities. I love it. That's that, amazing. It's the truth. And I saw that Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton jumped on Fox News last night to touch on this, as this is kind of a big story that's developing here. Uh, let's check it out. The Department of Justice, they don't like what Texas is doing. They say they don't need any help. They don't want your help. And if you try to offer it to them and do it, they're going to sue you. What's your response? Yeah, it's pretty crazy to see what's happened over the last three years of the Biden administration. Those numbers, as you've seen, get worse, not better. It's not like they're solving the problem. They're actually helping aid and abet the cartels. And then Texas says, we've had enough. We're going to do something about it. And then they threaten us from enforcing our own laws, it seems pretty crazy and it's hard to believe that we have a, a government that is working against its own citizens and helping the cartels move as many people across the border as possible. It's no surprise that this government is doing, this current government is doing this. But yes, it's a little alarming that the government in general would, would conspire to sue states who want to remove 
millions of people who are illegally crossing these borders. Pretty wild. And, you know, Ken Paxson, good for everybody on the show that's listening, should already know is in for the good fight. And uh, we'll, we'll see where that goes. We'll continue to track that one. Guys, wherever you're listening to the show today, doesn't matter what platform it's on, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, please make sure you subscribe to the show. That means hitting the plus button or follow and make sure that it's downloading to your electronic device. Helps out the show big time. Massages the algorithms, brings us up in the suggestions more, and also helps us out in the Apple Top 100 for podcasts. That is the amplification of your voice personified. And then on social media, Twitter, Getter, True Social, and Instagram, find the Steak for Breakfast accounts, follow them, and hit the notification bell. I've got one more clip, and we're getting ready to jump in with Arizona congressional candidate. He's going to be running to make the House of Representatives great again. Just picked up the Trump endorsement over the holidays as well. Abe Homiday, as you heard Brian Leib tease earlier in the show. One of our favorites. He was just on the show last week. He'll be back again soon. Florida Congressman Corey Mills was talking about the job the U.S. House of Representatives has following their holiday break and ahead of the CR ending. Let's hear what he has to say. Well, we have been striving to try and get 12 single point appropriation bills for quite some time, for the last 12 months. The issue, however, isn't just in the actual uh, ability to try and get appropriations. We need to look at the priorities here. We either need to shut the border or shut down the government. If we can't protect the American people, then we should at least try and save them some money if Congress isn't going to do their job. Mm. Dang. Dang. It's hard not to love Corey Mills. Yeah. It's also hard not to think that he's going to be involved in maybe a greater context in the House of Representatives. Some people say, unfortunately, I say fortunately, in a future Trump administration as well. I mean, that's that's the there there, guys. We can report on all the numbers and encounters and people that aren't getting deported, the criminals that are coming in, the ones that are probably even worse that we're not catching, and where in the United States we're going. But here's the, the deal at the end of the day. If Joe Biden... Chuck Schumer, Alejandro Mayorkas are not willing to shut down the U.S. border or figure out any kind of a plan down there. The Republican U.S. House of Representatives needs to shut the government down. Fuck it. Alejandro Mayorkas has probably been, and listen, there's a star-studded group in there, the worst cabinet official hire in the history of our country by a lot. Wow. Yeah. That says a lot. And we're going to have to see on whether or not he's being held accountable. We were told by a couple of the congressmen and women who've come on the show, you've heard recently, you've had uh, Ben Klein, you've had uh, Victoria Sparts, obviously Corey Mills, who said the impeachment votes are coming back to the House floor as soon as mid-January. So we'll have to see where that goes. Talking about border security, I'm sure is something we're going to be continuing to touch on as we're getting ready to jump in with congressional candidate Abe Hominay. But before we do that, let's check in with one of our partners. I think it's time we had a conversation about a good night's sleep. Pillow King of Minnesota, Mike Lindell, and the apparatus known as the MyPillow family has been cranking out savings down at MyPillow for over 20 years. And for the first time in 20 years, they've changed the long-standing MyPillow and now have the MyPillow version 2.0. You enter promo code STAKE at checkout, you're going to get buy one, get one free. In addition to that, they've got great savings on all things like MyPillow dog beds, the Air Lindell version 1 and 2, My Slippers, and Giza Dream Everything. If you're more of a morning person, they've launched My Coffee. It's available in the bean, the bag, and the pod. When you need a promo code STAKE here, you're going to get 25% off your order or 50% off when you make it a monthly subscription. MyPillow.com forward slash STAKE for anything sleep-related. If you want the coffee, MyStore.com forward slash STAKE, or you can always talk to a qualified pillow representative, 1-800-658-8045. All right, joining us next here 
On the show today, this big Tuesday edition of the State for Breakfast podcast, he's the candidate who's running to make Arizona's 8th Congressional District great again. One of our great friends. Always happy to welcome back Mr. Abe Hamaday. Abe, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good to be with you guys. Well, here we go. We're hitting the ground running. 2024, we're now, you know, less than 11 months till everybody's going to be casting their votes. We've got primaries everywhere and in between, especially in the great state of Arizona. You hit the campaign trail hard, have surged to first in all of the polling there when talking about Arizona eight seat. But we want to get an update from you that happened throughout the holidays and uh, how you look to hit the ground running now that it's 2024 and, and we're making a big vote to get you up on Capitol Hill this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was on your show, I think back in November, but since then, it was actually really interesting. I was uh, I was in Washington, D.C., sitting on the steps of the Capitol, oddly enough, and President Trump gave me a call and he said, Abe, I know you're a warrior. I know you're a fighter and I need you there in Washington with me. And he was generally generously gave me his um, endorsement. So um, quite an honor for that. And yes, so the polling that we've seen is that we shot up to uh, first place. We're at 37%. And uh, with the backing of President Trump, we're just going to hit the ground running and keep the momentum up. And you know, I'm proud to be endorsed with President Trump and Carrie Lake. And uh, as I travel the district, the top issues that I keep hearing about are you know, our insane border that's completely open and intentionally open, um, which Congress needs to get a needs to act very fast because i don't know you know as much as we need president trump back in you know congress has the ability right now to we, we need to show the american people that we're not we're not just an imperial presidency with biden running the show so that's the number one issue i keep hearing about from from my voters but also it's election integrity and i know you know when i was on capitol hill i was talking to congressmen and they're like abe you know that's not a very popular topic out here and i told them well, I'll tell you what, in Arizona, everybody knows about it because yeah. we all witnessed it with our own two eyes last November. And Carrie Lake and I have been continuously fighting um, to bring integrity back to our elections and fighting the lawsuits for what happened. So um, I hope to bring and I, I'm looking forward to bringing election integrity to Capitol Hill with me. You know, I, one of my first bills I want to introduce is to ban ranked choice voting which I think is going to be very powerful at the federal level. The Democrats, believe it or not, they try to they tried to actually implement ranked choice voting at the federal level back in 2019. Yep. Um, so this is where Republicans and America First Republicans, I think we all get it. You know, once we take power, we got to go aggressive. We got to we got to fight for the America we love that's being stolen right in front of our eyes. You know, it's we understand that Democrats are lawless. They're not playing by the rules. So you know, we have to use every tool in our available um, to get the job done. But the third one that I keep hearing about besides border and elections is honestly just the cost of living in America has become so exorbitant that I think it's driving the middle class. There is no middle class anymore under the Democrat rule. And you're seeing just going to just look at the holiday season. People you know, we're going into credit card debt to just be able to afford their kids' presents. It's so sad, the inflation and the runaway spending that's happening. And it's it's all avoidable, too. You know, we've increased the, do the dollar's value has decreased by about 25 percent in the last three years. I mean, that is an astonishing number. So 
you know, we have to tackle all of these issues, but those are the three main issues that I keep hearing on the campaign trail. No, and, and we're going to recover those with you right now and dive into them a little bit more. First thing I do want to touch on, though, and it's really big, you know, you'd mentioned that President Trump had recently given you his endorsement. I mean, obviously, you can't get one bigger than that. But if you want to go 1A and someone who's just a superstar within the party, you did receive the endorsement of, you know, one of your uh, running mates from last cycle, and that's Carrie Lake as well. I think you in the House and her in the Senate are going to be an awesome compliment for what Arizona's got going on right now, especially with all the problems down at the border and all the issues you've laid out in state over the course of the times that you've both been on the show with us here. You know, but when you talk about some of the other people that have endorsed you as well, I know Rick Rennell and Cash Patel, two great friends of the show here as well. You're talking about a lot of people, not only who have been involved in the elections, obviously the former and, and looking to be next president of the United States, but people who worked in the administration with Donald Trump and are looking to be involved in the administration moving forward. Abe, this is big. The people who, you know, are pushing the Agenda 47 and are going to be expecting that legislative push from people up on Capitol Hill have now kind of encompassed you in, in support in your race. And I, I think that speaks volumes and it's something that we definitely need to retouch on. How important is it for you to identify these candidates across the country, much like in your case, that you're getting the endorsements from the people that we are hoping reshape this country and get it back to being great again in 2025. Yeah, I, I appreciate you asking that too, because, you know, getting endorsed by Cash Patel, Rick Grinnell, Bernie Carrick, you know, and I, I haven't announced it publicly yet, but uh, I met with Matt Gates. Matt Gates is also endorsing me and uh, Corey Mills, also congressman out of awesome. Florida. And what, it's exactly right. I, it, these people are fearless and they can recognize warriors. And that's why I'm so honored to be surrounded by this crew, because, you know, when I was talking to Matt Gates, he, he told me, he's like, hey, we're on a rescue mission to save our country. That's what it is. I mean, 2024, in many ways, is go is the final battle. We all recognize that. And what they did to us in, in 2022, what they did to Carrie Lake and I, you know, I don't know if your listeners know, but we supposedly lost by 280 votes out of 2.5 million, given all the issues on uh, the election day. And there's still 9000 uncounted votes. I know what happened. I we everybody knows. And that's why I have three lawsuits pending. And I think these people have recognized the fight I have in me. You know, I didn't go and bend the knee toward the establishment and say, oh, how do I moderate my message? I've, I haven't changed a thing since I first announced my campaign uh, two years ago for attorney general and now for Congress. I mean, it's this, it's I'm authentic and voters understand that and they appreciate that. The the American people are a lot smarter. They're they're getting they're getting awakened much, much a lot faster than people recognize. And I credit that to Elon Musk purchasing X or Twitter. And you see Tucker Carlson there. So, sure. you know, it, it's going to be exciting to go into this, to go in next year in 2025, after we win in November, with Trump in the White House, with Kerry Lake in the Senate, with me in the House of Representatives. This is going to be a powerful combination. And I think that's where the establishment, they're, they're so worried about the America First movement because they know we're not beholden to any special interests. We're only, we're only there to serve the people that we represent. So, you know, I, I'm blessed to have the support of all of those people, and I can't wait to see. I know what these people are going to do when they go back to Washington. I know what President Trump's going to do. He is battle-tested in many ways. I'm battle-tested ever, after everything I've gone through. I know who the phonies are. I know who the crooks are. 
And we're not going to put up with them pillaging our country anymore. And we're going to get justice for what they've done to us. No, it's the truth that we have to retain power in the House. It's where all the legislation starts and ends for Donald Trump's Agenda 47. You know, we have great guests like you on the show all the time, Abe. We're going to be sitting down with Brendan Gill for the first time this coming Friday. You know, J.R. Majewski, Joe Kent, Sandy Smith, so many others who are in this election cycle right now are jumping in on Steak for Breakfast and getting the message out. It's really important Mm -hmm. to hear. And, And the thing that's similar to all these candidates, eventually they get the endorsements from the former Trump administration officials, and that usually leads to getting Donald Trump's nod as well, and it's those ones who are going to go up to Capitol. We see there's 70 seats across the country right now in the House of Representatives that are Trump districts where he won both in 2016 and 2020, and out of those 70 seats, there's like five of them who consistently vote with the America First agenda. So you know, <laughs> you, you mentioned Corey Mills and Matt Gates; They're both great friends of the show and, and awesome for what they've done. You, you said this is like a, a rescue mission for the country. Matt Gates did it, I think, with the speaker vote this year, and then Corey Mills did it literally when he went to Afghanistan back in uh, a couple years ago and then Israel earlier in the year to get some of our friends out of there as well. I do want right. to segue, though. You know, you talk about the U.S. southern border and the job that the House can do right now. They passed legislation almost seven months ago. That was H.R. 2. It's probably the most comprehensive border security bill in the history of the universe. We all know it was DOA in the Senate because Chuck Schumer is the leader there. Mitch McConnell doesn't care about border security, and Joe Biden's the president. Even if it got through all of those hurdles, you'd have to assume that Alejandro Mayorkas wouldn't adhere to any of the stipulations that are outlined in it as well. But Mike Johnson, right. Mike Johnson and Elise Stefanik went on Fox & Friends just about a month ago and said, you know, we've done everything we've can legislatively in the House, and here's the deal. We're going to be running up on the end of a CR uh, shortly after Christmas break, and the deal is going to be Joe Biden closes the border or Mike Johnson closes the Republican House. That would equal, obviously, a government shutdown. Do you think at this point, and to show to the American people that this administration, the regime up in Capitol Hill right now, Joe Biden and friends, just have no interest in doing anything to protect our sovereignty, our, our security, and, and the state of the nation down the U.S. southern border, they might have to pull that card and shut the government down until Joe Biden's willing to kind of force his administration officials to do something down there? I mean, we're talking about over 300,000 apprehensions just in the month of December, smash the record for October and November, right before that, and, and I'm sure we'll be smashing that record again in January, Abe. What do you think? I think it's going to happen, unfortunately. And, you know, no one wants to see a government in chaos, but I'm sorry, when the border is in chaos, what else do we do other than to, you know, apply our leverage? So when the American, you know, you have Democrat mayors all across the country now, like Brandon Johnson and Eric Adams out of New York. And, you know, they're appalled. Now, suddenly they're appalled at being a sanctuary city. So I think this is where Republicans are going to own the narrative about how serious we are about shutting down our our border and having a secure border. So, you know, I, I agree with Elise Stefanik and Mike Johnson as well, Speaker Johnson. So this is, you know, and if you, you are exactly right about Mayorkas needs to be impeached. And if you remember that impeachment, but Republicans couldn't even impeach him uh, or p- go forward in the House. I think we had seven or eight Republicans who voted against bringing impeachment uh, for Mallorca. So think about that. And it, the border, we have to understand, it's not just 300,000 illegal immigrants flocking in every single month. Now it's about 10 million since Biden has taken over the presidency. 10 million people. I mean, that is equivalent to, I think, the 12th biggest state in the country that's that we just imported a state of illegal immigrants and not just a small state a big state and the people coming across i mean we had 170 plus people on the terror watch list that we apprehended those are only ones that we caught 
And you're looking at what's happening around the world right now. You have China sending their spies. And it really pertains to my district here in Arizona, where we have the largest uh, chip manufacturer company in the world based out of here that just moved from Taiwan. So, of course, China is going to be sending their spies to Arizona and all across the country. But then you have the radical Islamists who are you know, looking at what's happening in the Middle East and they want to infiltrate here and they already are. And honestly, they're many of them are already here homegrown because of this whole Hamas-Israel war that's happening. So sure. it's a recipe for disaster that I believe is intentional. You can't, there's no, there's no ability to argue what they're doing is, is logical. And I, I believe it's intentional and it's very nefarious what's happening. So, you know, I do agree that Congress especially has to flex its muscle. You know, we keep saying, oh, this, it's dead arrival in the Senate. Well, you know, if we don't know that yet and we have to we have to understand how far are we going to take it. So I agree with the, the the Republican leadership that, you know, come January, I do think that we have to. It's going to be an option to either secure our border or we're not going to fund the government anymore. It's wild that we've gotten here, but, you know, like you said, some of those numbers just astronomical. They've only been getting worse. I, I feel like, you know, Donald Trump's already up to saying when he talks about the border now, over 15 million people have come in. Obviously, we're including getaways and probably a little bit closer to the truer numbers because everybody was making such a big deal out of it in Joe Biden's first year when he was saying, oh, it's 5 million. And then in his second year, oh, it's over 7 million already. And then at the start of this year that just passed in 2023, Donald Trump said, we're well over 10 million. Now they're actually reporting those are the numbers. It seems like Donald Trump's got a little bit more of an accurate nose for it than the news wants to report. And then, you know, Abe, the, the job that's ahead of you, both on the campaign trail and when you get up on Capitol Hill is going to be a great one. But but we're going to be tracking it every step of the way. We're going to be live linking your campaign website in the show description today. Can you please tell everybody where we can check you out on social media and support you even more? Absolutely. They can follow me on Twitter at Abraham Hamaday, and they can follow my campaign on my website at abe4az.com, abe, A-B-E-F-O-R-A-Z.com. And uh, I'm going to need a lot of support because the establishment they're trying to take Carrie and I out. So they're very worried about us here in Arizona. So we need all the support. And I always love coming on your show because I know you guys have a really active, you know, of viewers and listeners uh, on the show. So it's always an honor and pleasure to join you guys. One of our listenership's favorite things to do is get involved. Once we educated them on, you don't need to live in Arizona to be able to make those contributions to campaign. We've got people from all over the country, probably even beyond, getting involved and helping out. This is the man who's running to make Arizona 8 great again. One of our great friends, Mr. Abe Hominay. Thanks for coming back on the show, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Guys, don't worry. We're coming back with another all-new edition of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. So sit back, relax, and allow us to change the way you consume your news.